Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How is everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Come on, you doing good? I don't know about you, but I hate time change. I'm always like, why do we always got to try to change time? Let's just leave it alone, right? I mean, can we just leave it be and let it just be the way it always is? And Because uh, I, I I'm not a fan of time change. But guess what? You made it. You're doing good. You're here at church. I had some people that kind of came in. They're at the late service, and they're like, hey, we slept in. We enjoy it. That's good. That's why we offer you three services. And so just turn to your neighbor and say, you look fantastic. Turn to the one on your left or whichever one you didn't look at and say, not you, you got bags under your eyes. Go ahead, just let them have that. Just let that sink in. Just kidding. Just tell them you look great too. Come on, somebody. It's uh, so good to have you here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church RC, and uh, we're honored to have you here. And uh, like uh, Pastor Crystal said, we are so excited about everything that God is going is doing and is going to do uh, in the next uh, very short uh, few short months, and and uh, God's just doing amazing things, and and uh, and we're excited to tell you about it. We do Vision Sunday uh, twice a year. Uh, the reason why is because we believe that uh, most people are like me, and they are ADD, and uh, so they lose focus, they lose attention, right? And so uh, the Bible says to write the vision and make it plain. That, that those that read it can run, and that's what we want. We're all running towards what God has called us to run towards. Amen? And so be here if you can for Vision Sunday. It's going to be good. It's going to be exciting, and you don't want to hear about it later, okay? So uh, I'm going to jump right in today because i got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for the Word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your Word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Uh, Alina was a nine-year-old girl, and uh, like most nine-year-old girls, she really loved swimming. Uh, she enjoyed swimming. She, she was, every time she had the opportunity, she was going to be in the pool. Uh, you know, she was, she was one of these people, like some people really kind of like swimming. She loved to swim. And, and, and Alina was uh, kind of built like a swimmer. She was real thin uh, and tall. And so her parents thought, you know, we're looking for something else to get Alina involved in. And so swimming, uh, putting her on a swim team seemed like a natural, uh, just, just like it was a natural progression. Let's just put, uh, get her on a swim team team, get her involved, and that way she's doing something outside of, of just school, but she's involved, and so, and Alina took right to it. I mean, she loved everything about being on a swim team. She was excited to go to practices. She was excited to do all of these. She loved all the people, and she's just an outgoing person, and, and uh, but, but the thing about Alina is, is that she lost every race, every single race, like every single race. And, and her parents thought, oh, you know, initially, you know, as a parent, you always think, ah, oh, they'll get better. You know, it's going to be okay. But uh, Alina didn't get better. 
Uh, in fact, she just continued to lose and lose uh, uh, very badly on most occasions. And, and, uh, and for three years, this went on. And, and her parents thought, well, she's bound to get discouraged and want to quit. But not Alina. She was having a blast. She always excited to be there. She was always had a good personality, good mood. She was ready to go. And, and uh, the beginning of the fourth season, her mom was writing uh, in, a, in a permanent marker her events that she had coming up on her arm because that's what they do. So they know where to be, when to be there. And, uh, and so she's writing down these events, and Alina's mom looks at Alina and says this. Now, Alina, I want you to go out there, and I want you to win that race. And Alina's eyes got real big, and she looked at her mom and said this. It's a race? She's been doing this four years. She goes, I thought we were just here to meet people. Because it's called a swim meet, not a swim race, right? So all of a sudden, now then, Alina's perspective begins to change, right? All of a sudden, she sees things a lot differently. She thought it was just a social event, but now she realizes that, that it, it's actually a race. And so she started, now then, the crowd, cheering crowds make more sense, right? The lanes make more sense. The fact that she's on a team makes more sense. The fact that they get ribbons at the end of these events makes a lot more sense. Now then, all of a sudden, Alina realizes something. She had seen something the wrong way for over four years. Now her perspective changes, and she started seeing it the right way. Now then, what? Uh, and as soon as she started seeing it the right way, she started performing a different way. Then she went out there that day, and she won every single race and went on to the semifinals. It wasn't her ability that changed. It was her view that changed. And that's what we're doing here in this series is that we understand, we're saying, hey, listen, every one of us in this place see the world a certain way. Every one of us. You have a lens that you see the world through. I have a lens that I see the world through. And I'm not sitting back saying that you have the wrong way of thinking and I have the right way. I'm not that naive to think that I'm the only person that has it all together because I don't. God's always changing my view. But here's the thing is, is that, that, that I am saying this, that what if we just take a step back and say, you know what, what if I have the wrong view of something? What if I'm holding on to a view that's holding me back? What if you have the wrong view of your marriage? What if you have the wrong view of money? What if you have the wrong view uh, uh, of your family? What if you have the wrong view of your job? What if you have what if you have the wrong view and it's actually holding you back and keeping you from doing and being all that God has called you to be? That's the question of the day. What, what if we begin to see things a little differently? What if we begin to say, instead of this is the way I've always done it, and this is the way it's always been, and this is the way I was raised, and this is the way I think, and this is just the way it is. What if we just took a step back and said, what if I'm looking at it the wrong way? Because here's the danger is it's not bad to have views. It's not bad to have opinions. It's not uh, to have uh, actual convictions. All of those things are good. When it becomes a problem is when God can't touch them. And when we say, no, this is my view, this is my opinion, this is the way I think, and God, you can't have it, you can't mess with it, you can't touch it, then it becomes a problem because the truth is, is the Bible says this, to renew your mind. The reason why it says to renew your mind is because God created the world. 
Every one of us, he created us, and he created the world around us. And he wants us to look at it like he sees it. He wants us to look at it the way that he views it. And a lot of us, we, we see obstacles, and God's saying, I want you to see an opportunity. We're seeing things the wrong way. We, we think that everything's, a pro- come on, we're either glass half full, glass half empty. And the truth is, is, is that that's not necessarily all uh, the only way to see. When we begin to see like God sees, we'll start doing like God does. And that is what God has called us to be. As a church, that's what God has called us to be. God wants us to say, you know what, I know this, that if I can see the right way, if I can see people the right way, if I can see my marriage the right way, if I can see my kids the right way, if I can see my job the right way, if I can see my money the right way, then I know this, that I can start doing what God has called me to do and be who God has called me to be in this earth. Amen? If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Giving is Good. Now, I'll just tell you right now, this is the most popular message in the series and I know that everybody's going to buy it, so y'all better hurry up and get, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know what, I, if I, I would be a bad pastor if I only told you what you wanted to hear and didn't tell you what you need to hear sometimes. And so giving is good, right? I don't think anybody in here would argue that fact, that giving is good. If you're here and you're like, nope, giving's not good, not a fan, not a big, then you know, you, you have that opinion, you're right to that opinion, but, but, uh, but I, I think everybody would say that giving is good. In fact, Acts 20 verse 35 says this, and I have been a constant example of how you can help these in need by working hard. You should remember the words of Jesus, right? This is the words of Jesus, and when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is, and if you, and for all the religious people out there, I'll say it is more blessed. I don't know why we got to say it that way. It just sounds more uh, profound, I think. But it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I just want you just to just to hear this and know the Bible does not say that getting is bad, right? It just says that giving is more better, right? It doesn't say getting is bad because that would be a lie, right? Because everybody in here probably likes to get. I don't know about you, but I like to get gifts. I like, uh, I like, I like it when people give me things, and, and I'm always, uh, you know, I, I, I think, man, it's such an amazing thing. It's an awesome thing. I, uh, Michael Martinez, he, he got a Getty cooler, and I'm trying to convince him that God's telling him to give it to me, right? So, so here's the thing is that getting's not a bad thing, right? Getting's not bad. Uh, but, there's, but what the Bible does say is that giving is better. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, and the older I get, the more I realize this because, you know, I, I've never bought myself something and been overwhelmed by it. Like the first time I got, uh, uh, bought a flat screen TV, I didn't cry all the way home. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got a flat screen TV. <laughs> it's the best day of my, I didn't do that. Now, if that was your response to buying a flat screen, then that's cool, but but, you know, I just didn't do that. Now, I was happy to get it. I thought it was cool, but it wasn't one of those things. When I get a new pair of shoes, I don't call my best friend and say, oh, my gosh, you'll never get. Now, girls are excluded from this statement. But you'll never guess what I got and expect them to freak out and go crazy on the phone. I just don't. Right? But, but, but here's the thing is that when I have given to others and filled a need, I have had an emotional response. 
It has impacted me in a great way. Here's the deal is that, that when uh, I, I love buying my family gifts. Christmas time now for me, the older I am, the more I realize that get, it's about giving to me. It's not about getting. Now, it's cool that I get gifts. I'm happy. I'm always, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But when you get the perfect gift for your loved one, right? Like you're like this, oh my gosh, I found the perfect gift. These are few and far between for guys. But, but when you get the perfect gift for your loved one, you cannot wait for them to open it. And what impacts you is the look on their face, the smile on their face. I don't know about you, but I'm a bad gift giver in the fact that when I get something, as soon as I get it, I want to give it to them. Right? Anybody else in here? Like, I can't wait till Christmas. What? No, I want to give it to them right. I'm like, hey, I got you something. Here it is right here. Like, wait, wait, Christmas is 10 days away. No, it's okay. It's cool. Go ahead and open it. That's just the way I am. Why? Because I understand that I I love being generous. I love giving to people. I love blessing people. And here's what I found is that generosity impacts my life more than it does theirs. Generosity has a greater impact on my life than it does on theirs. See, here's the thing is, is that we got to learn to be a generous people. Because giving is good. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous just when you feel like it. You can be generous when the stock market's up. Hmm? You can be generous when you got plenty, you can, whatever. No, it says you can be generous on every occasion And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous to everyone. Right? That's what the Bible says. That's not not Brian saying this. That's what the Bible says. If you got a problem, take it up with God. He's the one that wrote it, not me, right? And, and this is what God says. He says you can be, you're going to be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every circumstance, in every situation, in every moment, because here's the thing is God has called us to be generous people because giving is good. If we know that giving is good, why don't we do it more often? Huh? Why, why don't we give more often? If we know it's a good thing, then why don't we do it more often? And here, here I'm going to give you just a couple of reasons why I think people in the church don't do it more often. Is Number one, they have seen this message abused. Come on, I'm not calling anybody out, but we've all seen the TV preacher. Or we've been in churches where a, where a preacher or a pastor has tried to manipulate you into giving. They've tried to say this, like, send a $1,000 seed... I don't know why it's always a thousand, but that just sounds, I guess it's a good number. Send a thousand dollar seed and you're going to be on a private jet this time next year. Right? They give you a promise trying to manipulate you into giving. See, but the thing is, is that God never promised a private jet. Right? And so this message is being abused. Now, here's what I will tell you that God always blesses the generous, that's just the way it is. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to be sitting on a private jet this time next year. Now, that would be awesome. But I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you this, that God blesses the generous. Amen? 
The second reason is, and this is the, I think this is the main reason, is that we have a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. We have a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. And what I'm saying when I say that is like a scarcity mindset is this, I don't know when I'll get more. So I better hold on to everything that I have. I better hoard it all. I better pile it all up. I, 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 and, and it's this mindset of, you know, I, I had a grandmother who went through the Great Depression, and she kind of had this mindset of, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. And so she just began to pile up money and pile up things and pile up all this stuff in fear that something might bad might happen. And so she had this scarcity mindset where I, I, we, we nearly become like squirrels storing up for something that we don't know when it's going to happen. So we just keep piling it up. But here's the thing, is an abundant mindset, people that have an abundant mindset understand that God has given me everything that I have right now. God has blessed me with everything that I have right now. God has given me, and you might say, well, God hadn't given me anything. God has given you the ability to work and to perform and to do the tasks that you have, that you are doing on a regular basis that earn you a paycheck. And so that mindset is saying, God, you've blessed me, you've given, you've been faithful, and I know this, that you'll continue to bless. You'll continue to be faithful, and so I'm not going to worry about it. I understand that you have blessed me to be a blessing. That's an abundant mindset. When you have this mindset of, God, I really do believe you're going to take care of me. God, I really do believe. Now, here is what I want you to understand is that you're sitting by some of the most generous people on the planet. They're not just generous. They're generous with their time. Come on, we have crews that come in, and they set up all of this stuff early in the morning, even on when it springs forward. Come on, you're laying in your nice warm bed and, and it drops 40 degrees. You're laying in a nice warm bed and they, they're generous with their time, absolutely. We, they're also generous with their resources. They open their homes up so that we can have community groups. They invite people in. They love them. They, all of those things. They're also generous with their money. They, they, they give so that the gospel can go forth. You're sitting by some of the most generous people. And just so you know, I'm not passing a bucket at the end of this message. Okay? Some of y'all are like, oh, man, he's, <laughs> I've seen that. I'm not doing that. In fact, I don't want to invoke an emotional response from you. If you go, if you leave the day and you think that I don't believe any of that, that's not the right view, I think that's wrong, don't give, ever. Don't ever give. But if, you, if you'll sit back and you'll say, you know what, maybe there's some truth to this. Maybe I have the wrong view of this. Maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. Then I, all I'm asking you to do is say, God, if my view is wrong, change it. I'm willing to see through a different lens. If I have the mindset that is scared, I, I'm scared of everything and I have a scarcity mindset, then change my view to understand that you're an abundant God and you bless your people. Amen. So Proverbs eleven twenty four says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. If giving is so good, how do we do it more? How do we become better? Because I don't know about you, but if giving is good, and the Bible says that giving is good, then I want to become better at it. In fact, Crystal and I, we, we, uh, we have made a decision that we want to be more and more and more generous. So every, every year we look and we say, how can we give more? How can we do more? 
So this isn't something, a message that I'm preaching to you saying, do as I say, not as I do. This is a message that I'm preaching to you saying, this message has changed my life. This message has made a major impact on my life. And it's not just something that we preach as a church. It's something that we live as a church because the very first check to go out of this church is to missionaries. It's to make an impact on the world around us because here's the thing is that God has called us to be a blessing. Amen? Man, this is good. How do we do this? How do we become better? Number one, we trust God with our tithe. We trust God with our tithe. Now, I have a lot of people that they get, a, they get a little bit confused about what tithe is because, you know, we don't use that terminology very often. But what tithe is means, it literally means one-tenth. A tithe means one-tenth. That means for every $100 you have, God says that $10 belongs to me. For every hundred you get, God says this, $10 belongs to me. And I know what you're thinking because when you look at that through a normal view and you look at that through normal eyes, you think that's crazy, right? Malachi 3.10 says this, bring the whole tithe, the whole tenth into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. This is God's house. This isn't mine. He says this, test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, this is an incredible promise, right? I don't know about you, but when God says, I'm going to throw open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing into your life, I get excited. Because I don't know about you, but if God, who paves his streets with gold, starts talking about blessing me, I get excited. Now, we get excited about the getting part, but we get a little freaked out about the giving part. Because here's the thing, is attached to the promise is an act of obedience. That means that God says, if you do this, I'll do this. But most of us don't trust God with fulfilling his end, so we don't do our end. Man, this is popular. We don't trust God. We trust God with eternity, but you ain't getting my money, God. I trust you with everything. I trust you with my kids, with my job, with my family, with my life. I trust you with eternity, but don't you touch my money. But here's the thing. Can you just say this with me as a church? I just want you to say this. God can be trusted. Say it. At all times. In all places. With all things. Come on, say it with me again. God can be trusted at all times, in all places, with all things. See, here's the thing is a lot of you are saying, you know what, Brian, if I did that, I would have to rearrange my lifestyle. I, I mean, I'd have to switch some things around and I'd have to, I'd just have to rearrange my lifestyle. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because here's the reason why, is I honestly believe that God can do more with 90 than you can do with 100. I really do believe that. And it's not something that I'm just saying, it's something that God has proven time and time and time again in my life. He, he, and this is the only thing that God says to test him in. 
the only thing. And the reason why I think that he says, test me in this, and gives you that opportunity to test him in this is because he knows it will freak you out. Right? Wait, what? What did you say? Run that by me again, God? What, what are you talking about? Because like, he knew it would freak you out. So he says this, test me in this and see if I won't come through. Test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Test me in this and see if I won't pour a blessing out in your life. Isn't it amazing that God says, test me? And here's the thing, is that God isn't after your money. God is after your heart. He's always been after your heart. He's always been after your heart. The Bible says this, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. What that means is, and and I'll just tell you this, you can show me your bank statement, and I can tell you what you love. Right? Show me your banks. Go ahead. I dare you. I can tell you exactly. Come on, girls out there. If you love to shop, I can find it pretty quick. Guys, if you love golf, come on. I'll know it pretty quick, right? Because whatever you love, you spend money on. Whatever you love, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, so hear me in this. But what you love, and so what God is saying this, I want you to have your heart. I want your heart above everything else. I want you to understand, God, I'm giving you this because you have my heart. And you've so changed my life and you've so impacted me that why, would I, why wouldn't I want to further the gospel? Why wouldn't I want to send people to the world? Why wouldn't I want to bless people? Why wouldn't I want? You have my heart. Here's the thing is, is we worship God with our first and our best. And we trust him to bless the rest. We worship God with our first and our best, and we trust him to bless the rest. Amen? Number two, we plan our generosity. We plan our generosity. Isaiah 32, 8 says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan it. And they stand firm in their generosity. Generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Here's the thing is that I grew up in church, and my dad had taught me about tithing, so I've lived this my whole life. I, I've just, that's just the way it was. I just lived this my whole life. But uh, at one point in our lives, uh, Crystal kind of came on, and she had never heard of tithing. And so when I told her she, was, she had what a lot of people have the same response is what? Like we're going to give what to God? And, and, and that, that kind of freaked her out initially. But, but what happened is, is that got to be one of those things like it's no big deal because God keeps being faithful. God keeps showing up in our life. God keeps moving on our behalf. And so we, we did, uh, I never will forget one time she had a garage sale. Now, if you have garage sales, more power to you. You've got more patience and more love for people than I do probably but but she had a garage sale and we're out there and she's she's because you know how it is you accumulate stuff and uh, and so she's like you know what we need to have a garage sale and so she goes out there and spends four years to mark every little thing right I don't understand it and everything is marked twenty five cents right and and this lady comes up and tells Crystal this is marked twenty five cents I'll give you a dime. 
And Crystal goes, no, it's a quarter. And the lady goes, I'll give you a dime. And she goes, no, it's a quarter. And I walk out about this time, and they are arguing back and forth, 25 cents. No, I'll give you a dime. 25, no. And I said, it's a quarter, woman. Just give it to her. Right? Like, just give it away. And so from that moment on, she finished that garage sale, and we've never done another one. Now, here's the thing. If you need a garage sale to pay your bills, absolutely do whatever you need to do. But here's the thing is that I still, we have stuff in our garage that is a, a, an overflow of what's in our lives. And so it just continues to pile up. And so here's what we did is we just made a decision right now. God, out of the overflow of my life, out of the overflow of my stuff, I give it away. Everything I had, now don't come up and ask me for my car. It ain't happening, dude. Well, God can tell me to give you a car. But, but here's the thing is that out of the overflow of my life, I give it away. I plan generosity, uh, and, and it amazes people sometimes because, and here's the thing, is I don't want you to think that I'm bragging on myself. It's just something that is so instilled in me and, and, and has been so ingrained in me that I believe it with all of my heart. So that's why when we bought a new gen, uh, a dishwasher, because our old one wasn't 100%, you know, we, we bought a new je- dishwasher, and I put it in, and I gave the old one away. Somebody goes, well, you could get $200 for this. And I'm like, yeah, but I can also give it to somebody who has a need. Somebody who needs one, I can give it away. I could go down and spend $200 on more stuff that I don't need, or I could be a blessing to somebody because the Bible says that generous people plan to be generous. So I'll just ask you this question, and this is a thought that you have to take home. How can you be more generous? I don't know. How can you be more generous? There was a couple who, they didn't have a lot. They tithe, and all their bills were paid, and they didn't have a whole lot left over. They had a little bit. And they heard a message like this, and they decided, you know what? We can be a little generous. Like, we can plan to be generous. And so every month, they put $20 back. Every month, 20 bucks. This was when they first were married. $20. And every time that they heard about a need... They pulled out of that money. They had a little account set aside, and they pulled out of that money. $20. And they were just a blessing. Now then, they've been married 15 years, and that account is $200 a month. Now, that's amazing how much it's grown, but they started somewhere. And that's my third point. Start right now. Start right now. Philemon 1.6 says this, and I'm praying you put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. As you understand, experience all the good things we have in Christ. See, here's the thing is, is that we don't wait until everything is perfect to be generous. Because if you wait for everything to be perfect to be generous, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's kind of like people that say, I'm waiting till, till we're ready to have kids. <laughs> You're never ready. <laughs> I love it when people come up to me and go, we're finally ready to have kids. And I'm like, yeah, right. You're not ready. You think you're ready, but you're not ready. Right? We don't wait until everything's perfect. Because nothing's ever perfect. We start now. 
we start being generous. We start giving. We just start. I don't know where you're at, but we just start. We start being generous. Here's the thing is that I have a lot of people that say, well, one day I'm going to be rich. And when I'm rich, I'm going to give like nobody else. Here's the thing is that they have this wrong mindset that rich people are generous. Rich people aren't generous. Generous people are generous. Because I've seen rich people who are the stingiest people you'll ever meet. Some of you know who, you know people like that. They've got more money than they know what to do with, and they are stingy with every dollar and every dime. And then I've seen some of the poorest people you'll ever know who will give you the shirt off their back. Why? It's not because their circumstances are perfect. It's because generous generous people are generous. They can't help but be generous. They just give. You know, it's amazing when people understand that if I can just start now, if I can just start now. You know, my daughter, the other day we were out on a little family excursion, and my daughter had $25. She was excited to go to Forever 21. Where the music is loud and the clothes are cheap. I don't know, $25 goes a long way in Forever 21. You can like buy the whole store, I think, for $25, pretty much. She had $25 and she was excited. And uh, she looked over at my son and called him Bear. And he said, she said, Bear, what are you buying? He goes, I don't have any money. And he, he, we were going to, the boys were going to Dick's Sporting Goods and he, she was going to Forever 21 because I avoid that place like the plague. But anyway, so we're, he goes, I don't have any money. She pulled, reached into her wallet, she pulled out $20. She gave him $20. She said, buy whatever you want. Leaving her five. She bought half the store. Just, just kidding. But left her five. And now here's the thing, is in that moment as a dad, because she gave what she had, I was proud. Because I saw a generous heart. I saw somebody who didn't just think of themselves, but was thinking of others. I, thought of, I, I saw somebody who didn't want to just be a blessing to themselves, but they wanted to be a blessing to others. Now, here's the thing is when I walked out of that moment, I had this thought, if I'm that proud, how proud is God when I give, when I'm generous, when I say, you know what, God, you've been so good to me. You've been such a blessing to me. You, you've blessed me more abundantly than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. How can I not give? And then we just say, you know, how can I not go for How can I not bless somebody? Because it's not about me. It's about everybody you put around me. It's about how can I be a blessing in this earth? How can I be a blessing? See, here's the thing is, is you got to start. You got to start now got to say, God, I, I really do believe. 
I had somebody come up to me after service and they asked, they said, Brian, you don't understand. My bills are tight. I, I, you don't understand. Like, I don't have any left over. I give a little bit here and there. And I told him this. I said, here's the thing. Ask God to show you how or ask God to bring in an increase so that you can. What's amazing is, is that when you put God to the test and you say, God, I really believe this. I really want this. I don't know how it's going to work, but I believe that you've called me to do it. God will make a way. Amen. I really do believe that God can do more with 90 than you can do with all of it. I really do believe that. Amen. As a church, God has called us to lead the way with irrational giving. He's called us to be a blessing. He's called us to help others. He's called us to be generous in all things, in all seasons, at all times. You know, one thing that is amazing is you begin to look at what the church is doing, and the church is making an impact. There's no other organization that is as generous as the church is. Why? Because God says this, you be generous in all things, in all seasons, at all times. You do what I tell you to do, and I'm telling you right now that I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour a blessing. And when you have this mindset, the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.